Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Genesis 25, verse 8. I'm not sure most Americans believe that's the most important thing that you can do for your family is pass along your faith. But I hope that's your priority. I mean, how many people do you think in Abraham's tent, no TV, no cell phones, none of that stuff, heard the stories about God? Oh, I'm sure they were told over and over again, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, right? And if you keep reading Deuteronomy 6, we're told that you should tell your children the stories of faith. And so I'm sure part of Abraham's satisfaction was to look upon all this offspring, all these children and grandchildren that had sprung from him. And he could smile upon God's promises because at one time his wife was barren, you guys. There seemed like there was no hope for offspring. Now he's got more than he can count. And I'm sure his Christmas list was pretty long. Sure, birthdays were hard to track, but it's pretty cool when you have to try to keep track of all that stuff because it means that God has done something very special in your life. Don't overlook that. It's a blessing. And so he was gathered to his people. Alexander Solzhenitsyn shares some thoughts about growing old. He says, God had promised Abraham a long and blessed life He says, aging is in no sense a punishment from on high, but brings its own blessings and warmth of colors all its own. There's the warmth to be drawn from the waning of your own strength. You can no longer get through a whole day's work, but how good it is to slip into a brief oblivion of sleep. (laughs) Naps. And what a gift to wake up once more to the clarity of your second or third morning of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Is it morning? Then you have coffee again, you go through the whole routine. He says, you are still of this life, yet you are rising above the material plane. Growing older serenely is not a downhill path, but it is an ascent. Hmm. You see, we're in a society that throws away old people. Uh, Have you ever been, have you ever maybe uh, come to a conclusion about a person from afar, just judging a book by the cover, and then you had a conversation with that person and it was so delightful and unexpected, and you're like, why didn't I approach that person before? You know, there's, there's wisdom to be shared with the generations that are coming up. And those of us who are older, let's not be afraid to share it. And for those of you who are younger, don't be afraid to ask us because we do have some stuff that we can share with you. See the phrase, he was gathered to his people? Uh, you know, on, a, on the surface, when you read your Bible, you say, well, gathered to his people means to be buried, right? I don't think so. I think to be gathered to his people means something spiritual. I don't think it's just a physical statement. 
To be gathered to his people is more than burial. It indicates an afterlife. Write this down. In 3629, it says Isaac was gathered to his people. In 4933 in Genesis, it says Jacob was gathered to his people. But you're going to find out that Abraham's bought a tomb, and the only person in the tomb right now is Sarah. How was he gathered to his people if only Sarah was in the tomb? Because to be gathered to your people is not just burial. To be gathered to your people is speaking of an afterlife. The Bible says there's an afterlife. The Bible says when you breathe your last here, you keep on living. In fact, Jesus Christ said it himself. In Luke 16, he tells the story of a rich man and Lazarus, and Lazarus is the poor beggar who is at the gate of the rich man, and he longs to be fed with the crumbs that fall from the rich man's table. And the dogs come and lick his sores, right? And some Bible commentators say that's a parable, but most of us believe that Jesus is giving us a glimpse into the afterlife, showing us two people that die. He names one of them Lazarus, the poor beggar, and the other man's a rich man. And he was clothed in fine purple, and he had parties every day. The poor man had nothing, but they both die. The rich man dies and is buried. The poor man dies and is buried. Bodies are dead. They're in tombs or in the ground. But both of them are very much alive. Luke 16, this is verses 19 through 31. The rich man is in Hades and has all of his senses. And the poor man is in what? Abraham's what? Bosom. Now, if you take that literal Greek word there, Abraham's bosom means Abraham's side. Here's what it means. You know, when Jesus tells that story, he puts words into Father Abraham's mouth. Abraham is asked, can you get Lazarus to put some water on the tip his, uh, on his finger and put it on the tip of my tongue? I'm in agony in this flame. And Father Abraham says, son, in your life you had your good things and he not so good. Now you're in agony in this flame and he's being comforted. And besides, there's a great chasm fixed between you and us and we can't cross over to you and you can't cross over to us. Who's talking? Abraham. 2,000 years after he lived and died, he was very much alive. And Jesus says there's going to be a day when even the Gentiles get into the kingdom before you. He's talking to the religious leaders and the Pharisees, and they will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God, but you won't be there. Wow. God is the God of the living, not the dead. He's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. Do you know that every believer that you know that has ever passed, Bible character, person that you've known personally, loved one who's died in Christ is more alive now than they've ever been before? They know Christ better than they ever did on this side. Death is a departure. The question is, do you know where you're going? And have you lived for the things that you say you believe? Do you know a lot of people, they give lip service to what they say they believe, but people are checking out of the planet, and the question is, who are your people?
I don't know if it's out of style to say, who are your peeps, man? Do people talk like that anymore? I'll have my people call your people. The people will get together and we'll figure out what's going on. Let me ask you, if it were to be said of you later tonight, he was, she was gathered to his or her people, who would your people be? The people of God? If you're a Christian tonight, when you're gathered to your people, guess where you're going? You're going where the people of God are. Where's that? I don't know the address exactly. <laughs> But I know some things about the place. It's called paradise. It's a place where God is. It's beauty and grandeur beyond what we know. Pleasures at his right hand forevermore. Perhaps another dimension. But it's where God is. And so... It is not merely saying that he was buried, as many liberal scholars maintain. It is a testimony of faith. Abraham's epitaph ends with a soaring note, says one writer. He was gathered to his people, not to his tomb, not to Sarah's bones, but to his people. The living fellowship of the redeemed. He was gathered to his people, just as the beggar in Christ's story was carried to Abraham's side or Abraham's bosom that's Luke 16:22. This is the place of the Lord's people. It's intimate association. It's you're going to see Abraham. Do you think people will have name tags on? I don't know. <laughs> Everybody turn to John chapter 5 for a second. Everybody remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus is transfigured. His garments become white. John chapter 5. His, his face is a emitting light. Peter describes it in 2 Peter 1 and says, we saw and we heard the voice and we saw what happened on that, that place where the majesty of God was shown. And on that mountain, two men appeared talking to Jesus. It's in several of the Gospels. And the two men were Moses and Elijah. Moses died, the Bible tells us, and God buried him. We know he died. Elijah was taken up into heaven. And yet they're talking to Jesus very much alive. And Peter responds, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Should I build three tabernacles? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah? I have several questions when it comes to this scene. One, how did Peter know who it was? Did they have the mixer name tags on? That's what I want to know. Hello? My name. And how big was it? They were probably far away. <laughs> See, what I think this is, is this is a foretaste of eternity. When 1 Corinthians 13 says, we will know then even as we are known. Now we see through a mirror dimly, then how will we see? Face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will be known even, I will know even as I am known. And so um, I believe what we're seeing is a foretaste of eternity there as well. John chapter 5, here's what Jesus says, 24. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, John 5, 24, but has passed out of death into life. 
Truly I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear shall live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself and gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tomb shall hear his voice and shall come forth those who did the good deeds to the resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds is added by the translators to the resurrection of judgment. And so there's gonna be a day, if you turn back to Genesis, we'll wind down the message. There's gonna be a day when the Son of God will call forth bodies from the tomb. Right now when you die, you go to be with the Lord in spirit, awaiting the resurrection Abraham's awaiting the resurrection, Isaac is, Jacob is, Sarah is. Everyone who's died in faith, either side of the cross, is waiting for this day to come. Body and soul will be reunited at that point. A new body that will never die again. Genesis 25, verse nine. Then his sons, uh, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him. So Abraham breathed his laugh last Genesis 25, 9, and Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, facing Mamre. This is uh, the place that in chapter 23, Abraham had purchased it for Sarah's burial site, and now Ishmael and Isaac come together to bury their father. To our knowledge, they may not have seen each other from the time that Ishmael left Send out the bondwoman, right? Listen to your wife. So she goes out and she's sent away. And it may be that they haven't seen each other. And I'm sure there was tension. Remember the last scene we saw between these two was Ishmael making fun of little laughter, little Isaac, and made Sarah unhappy. And so out they went and they come back together now. Uh, you could say the brothers have been um, restored, if you will around the death of their father. Have you noticed that nothing will bring families back together like the death of a loved one? Uh, you know, there, I've been in many situations where I've met with a family and they've asked me to do a memorial service and they say, oh, Pastor Michael, just so you know, aunt so-and-so's mad at uncle so-and-so. And cousin so-and-so hasn't talked to cousin so-and-so in 20 years. And that person over there is pretty violent. And that person over there is opposed to Christianity. And if they get up and talk, there might be problems. And you're like, what in the world? My fee just went up. <laughs> That's usually when I call Pastor John as a... Pastor John Nipper, I, I'm delegating something to you. No, it's sad to me. And then I find out sometimes that these things that the members of the family are fighting or they were in fights over money that was in the family over past deaths. And so-and-so's not talking to so-and-so. And we don't know if aunt so-and-so's coming, but if she comes, woo, look out. And I'm like, they didn't tell me when I became a pastor that this was part of the stuff. Well, here you go. But oftentimes, people tend to bury the hatchet. And, and here's Isaac 
and Ishmael. Notice um, Isaac is uh, named first in verse 9, even though he's younger, because he has preeminence. Maybe they both officiated at uh, dad's memorial. Dad had made arrangements, which is interesting. He had bought the tomb or the, the cave, and so they buried their father. What do you think that conversation was like? What do you think it was like at the post-memorial uh, time when you shared some food? What do you think they talked about? How long had it been since Ishmael had seen his father? You know, there's a lot of things in life that, you know, you, you get to places like this and there's no, there's no time to talk about surface stuff anymore, folks. Life is way too short for that. And it came about, verse 11, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac, and the blessing of Isaac will take the next 10 chapters. Isaac lived in Beer Lahoy Roy. That's where he was meditating when he first saw his bride. And interestingly enough, Beer Lahoy Roy means the well of the one who lives and sees me. And this is where Hagar had the angel of the Lord appear to her and assure her and give her promises. And, this, and she named the place, you are the God who sees me. She felt outcast, felt like nobody cared about her, running out of food and water. And that's the place where now it becomes an important location for Isaac. Now these are the records of the generations of Ishmael. We have bookends of genealogies, as I mentioned, between Abraham's death. Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian Sarah's made, bore to him, or bore to Abraham. We're only going up to verse 18, so keep reading with me. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names in order of their birth. Nabioth, the first of Ishmael, Kadar, Abdeel, and Misbam, Mishma, and Duma. Duma's uh, mentioned in connection with the Edomites in Isaiah 21.11, and Masa, Hadad and Tamah. Tamah may be identified in modern Arabia. Jator might be connected with Arteria in Luke 3.1. Naphish and Kadema. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their villages and by their camps. How many? Twelve princes according to their tribes. God fulfilled his promise to Abraham to bless Ishmael. He told Abraham that Ishmael would be over 12 tribes in Genesis 17, verse 20, and that's exactly what took place. God is always true to his promises, always. 12, an important number for any of you? He, he, Ishmael gets 12 tribes, all seem to be this, this nomadic Arabian peoples. And it isn't until later that 12 tribes come from who? Jacob. And Jacob is renamed Israel, and that's where the nation comes from. But before that ever happened, there were 12 princes that were under Ishmael, and they spread out. And these are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. And he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, Final verse, and they, the people, I think here, settled from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt, as one goes toward Assyria, and he settled, and I think this is the tribe, settled in defiance of all his relatives. 
Havilah means sandy and probably refers to sandy desert in northern Arabia. Shur is a large area, uh, including the Arabian Peninsula and the desert land between Canaan and Mesopotamia. And the last word for our message tonight is Ishmael was what? Gathered to his people. Many people, they look at Ishmael and they say, was Ishmael a believer? Did he ever believe he was raised in the household of Abraham, but as a young teenager, then he was gone? Did he believe in the God of Israel? Well, if gathered to his people can be accurately stated that it is uh, speaking of eternal life, then where did Ishmael end up? Gathered to his people. And I would surmise by that that he believed in God. You see, you don't have to be perfect to believe in God. You just need to know that you have a need for God. The last word on Ishmael is the length of his days and gathered to his people may reveal him as a believer. If he, if he placed his faith in the God of Abraham, he too would share that spiritual inheritance. What a joy that must have been for Abraham and what a reunion. Perhaps Ishmael only made it back for the funeral and some people sadly only make it back for the funeral but it would appear that Ishmael went to be with his dad in the end. I wonder what a great reunion day that was like. Because if Ishmael only made it back for the funeral, but was gathered to his people, and if that place is called Abraham's bosom, then where Ishmael ended up is back with his father. And a great reunion day is coming. And all that has been wrong will be made right again. And it's all based upon a promise, which has really been the center of all that we've gone through in the life of Abraham. God is true to his promises. If you will trust him, if you will have faith, he will see you all the way home and do abundantly beyond what you could ask or imagine. Father, thank you for tonight. We worship you. We thank you for the Bible. It's alive and so relevant to our lives. It hits home in so many different ways. And tonight, we just want to yield ourselves afresh to you. You're the God who, um, you guided Abraham all the way home to a place that you'd prepared for him, not made with human hands, an eternal home. And thank you, Lord, that that place has been prepared for us as well. If you're here tonight, just keep your head and heart bowed for a second. And I just want to ask you, have you met the God of the Bible who sent his son to die on the cross and rise for you? Tonight can be your night to start afresh, to be a new creation in Christ, to have your sin forgiven and start on a new path of faith. The first step of faith can be today. If you need to rededicate your life, the prayer is pretty much the same. I would encourage you to pray it right now and pray it after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. I've tried to do it the world's way and not your way. But I want to follow you. Be my shepherd. Be my Lord. Thank you that you died for my sins and took my place. Thank you that you rose to defeat death itself. I trust in you. Let me hear your voice and follow you. Let me glorify you and honor you with the way I live. Let my life be a life that could be described as full and not empty. 
one that glorifies you into the end, and one that ultimately sees you face to face. Lord, thank you for your precious people. I just pray you'd bless them and fill them and strengthen them tonight, encourage their faith, shower them with blessings from above and fill them with your Holy Spirit. And for those who have opened their hearts, Lord, may you meet them here and lift their burdens and strengthen them in every way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And these are the years of Abraham's life that he lived, 175 years, and Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. Well, in one sense, the faith journey of Abraham continues because God is the God of the living and not the dead, and Abraham is still very much alive. In fact, we see him in Luke 16, and there he is in a place called paradise, or it's identified as Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. Abraham is the father of the faithful, and he's still very much alive, but his faith journey here on the earth did come to a conclusion at the ripe old age of 175. And that's uh, quite a bit of time to live on the earth. And Abraham's life is described in this way. He died at a ripe old age, an old man and satisfied, and he was gathered to his people. You know, when you breathe your last, and my friend, you are going to, um, the death rate is quite impressive. (laughs) One out of every one of us is gonna die unless Jesus comes in our lifetime. You know, our prayer would be that we'd live a full life, um, a life that is satisfied with the good things of God. And I think when you look at Abraham's life, the reason it says he was satisfied is because he was satisfied in the Lord. It doesn't mean that Abraham's life went perfectly. We know that he had his bumps and he had his bruises, but he lived a full life because he knew the God that makes life full. If you don't know Jesus Christ right now as your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. Well, that's what Abraham experienced, a life that was full. And remember, Abraham came out of paganism, which is empty and futile. And he came to know the true God who uh, led his journey all the way through. The Bible goes on to say in Genesis 25, 8, that he was gathered to his people. And when Abraham was buried, of course, he was buried in a special place that he had purchased for this uh, particular reason. He was buried alongside his wife, Sarah. But being gathered to your people is more than just a burial plot. It has to do with being gathered to one's people, I think, in the sense of the spirit. And Abraham, again, is in a place, or he was at least in a place called Abraham's bosom. Uh, Whether or not that was a paradise separate from heaven or directly in the presence of God in heaven is debated among scholars, but he was gathered to his people. And when a loved one dies in Christ, here's the good news, my friends. Even though it's hard, on our end. We don't weep like those who have no hope. We weep, we grieve, but not like those those who have no hope. What's our hope? Our hope is that a great reunion day is coming when we will be gathered to our people. We'll be at home with the Lord. And at home with the Lord is in the presence of the Lord, but it's also in the presence of his people. And that place is called home. There's no place like home. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.